John 13, verse 18, the Bible says this. It says, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, uh, ye may believe that I am he. Ye may believe that I am he. That's what he was always concerned about, that people would believe in him. Why? Because that is the way of salvation. Verse 20, Verily, verily, I send you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, uh, receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified, and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask him, ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That th thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him, for some of them thought, because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, day. We thank you for your, your word. And uh, God, I thank you, Lord, for all of the things that we can glean from it. And God, I pray, Lord, you help us here this hour. You know what, uh, in which we stand of need. You know what I need, Lord, and you know what these people need. And Lord, I pray, God, that you get all flesh out of the way, God, and you just speak to your people. God, I ask you, Lord, that you uh, deal with hearts tonight. If there are some here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, God, I pray, Lord, you reveal that to them. God, help them. Help them, Lord, come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this day before it's eternally too late. And God, I pray, Lord, that you help us, and we'll give you the uh, thanks and the praise for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I had mentioned, prior to reading this scripture, we are looking at Judas. Judas was one of the twelve selected by Jesus, one of his apostles. And for uh, three years, somewhere thereabout, Jesus' ministry was coming to the end. Uh, and he was, uh, his ministry lasted, we, can, we know by Scripture and the number of Sabbaths and so forth, that his ministry lasted right about three and a half years upon this earth, from the time he began to the time he was crucified, and uh, of course uh, rose again and ascended into heaven. Sometime after he began his ministry, Judas uh, began to follow him, and Jesus had picked him to be an apostle. There was twelve of them. And Judas had followed Jesus for somewhere around three years. He had watched Jesus. He had seen all of the miracles in which Jesus had done. He saw him open blinded eyes. He saw him 
uh, make uh, the dumb to speak and the deaf to hear. He was there when Lazarus came forth out of the tomb after being dead four days. I mean, so this is, this is a man that saw many things in which Jesus did, and here it is. They're eating this, what's known as the Last Supper. Amen, not the Last Dinner. Last Supper. They're eating the Last Supper, and this is where Judas makes the decision to betray him. It had already been upon his heart. He had already thought about it. He had already planned it. But finally, this is where he decided and he went to do. And of course, shortly after this, Judas would go and he would speak with the Pharisees and he would covenant with them for 30 pieces of silver uh, and um, the price of a slave. He would take them to Jesus and he would identify Jesus by kissing Jesus to let them know this is your man. They would take Jesus, and, and as they took him, all of, all of the other disciples that were there, they all forsook him and fled. They all ran off. Jesus would be taken to the high priest's home, and there he would be tried by them, and then he would be taken to Pilate. And there he would uh, go to Herod's house to be sentenced there, and he wouldn't do anything with him, went back to Pilate, and there he would be tried once again. He would be beaten, then he would be condemned to death. He would go uh, up to Mount Calvary and be hung upon a cross and uh, give up the ghost, die. And um, thank God it didn't end there, right? For after Joseph of uh, Arimathea, he had begged the body of Jesus. They took uh, the body of Jesus down. They had taken and laid him in the grave before the Passover. Passover would come. And then another day would pass. And another day would pass. And then after three days, Jesus would rise again. And so... In this portion of Scripture, we're going to take just a moment of the life of Judas and look at it and kind of analyze it. It's just a moment. There's plenty more that is spoken of of Judas, plenty more that he has witnessed. And uh, just to kind of the rest of the story for Judas, Judas realized his mistake. I believe he realized it just a little bit too late, and he went out and hung himself, killed himself. What a sad, sad end for someone that knew Jesus, but yet forsook Him. Today we're going to look at this topic, and that is leaving the table hungry. Leaving the table hungry. This is something, church, I know very little about. <laughs> right? I know very little about it. Why? Because whenever I pull up to a table, I eat until the food's gone. And uh, my wife sees to it that uh, there's plenty there. Judas here, though, on the other hand, he was there at the table. It was all before him. This feast was before him. And yet before he was done, before he could be done, he left. As we think of Judas and what this meant in his life, it's truly heartbreaking. 
is when we consider what Jesus experienced, or what Judas experienced here, we think of the magnitude of it and how he rejected Jesus. In church, how he rejected Jesus. And, and, and as you'll see, this was kind of the last opportunity for Judas. As he rejected Jesus, Judas would end up uh, lifting up his eyes in hell. And that's sad. Even if it was Judas, even if he did betray him, it's sad that he would be there. But what Judas experienced then and what he experiences now, crying out for a drop of water to cool his tongue, is not unique. It's not even rare. The Bible tells us uh, in, in Matthew seven thirteen it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, what that passage of Scripture is not talking about, the difficulty uh, into entering into heaven. It's talking about the number that will enter in. We had said this morning, and we talked about how Employing faith is a decision, it is a choice, and just unfortunately, uh, salvation is so simple, amen? It is so simple. It is simply making the choice to put your faith in Jesus Christ to be born again, to receive that free gift of God. And so it's very easy to be born again. Unfortunately, the majority of people will choose otherwise. They'll choose otherwise. I had read that uh, I think it was 4,542 people every day die in the world. Four, or, excuse me, 7,542, if I, if I remember correctly. 7,542 people pass uh, from what we consider life unto death each and every day in the world. You can do the math and figure out how many that is per second and all this uh, all this stuff. My point being is that the majority of those that are going and falling off into eternity are falling off into hell. They're falling off into hell. Judas here is one of them. And, and let me just say this. No one, I don't believe anyone goes to hell with a blindfold on. I don't think there's anybody that, um, that enters into hell surprised. They may, they, they may have, have some sort of uh, startlement about them, but once they understand the choice they made is one that they rejected Christ and uh, decided to put their faith in something else. Judas here. I want you to consider Judas for a moment. Leaving the table hungry, how there was something there for him in which he could be filled, but yet he refused it. We see the appeal. You think about this, and I had mentioned this just a moment ago, but Judas was one that lived with Christ. He walked with Christ. I can imagine that appeal was persistent. It was continual. For three years, he's, he's following Jesus. He's walking with Jesus. And he sees Jesus take a, a little boy's lunch with uh, five loaves and two fishies. And he, and, and he, takes, he takes that, uh, that uh, I said lunch, didn't I? I meant dinner. 
He takes that, he takes that dinner right there, takes that dinner, and then uh, blesses it, gives it to the apostles, Judas being one of them. And then he reaches in, and he pulls it out, and he feeds. And he reaches in, he pulls it out, and he feeds. And by the time it was all said and done, 5,000 men, not including the women and children, they were all fed. Judas was part of that miracle. Judas experienced that miracle. And, and, and you could go on and on and on. When he took and he saw that blind man and he put spittle and he put it upon the eyes of the blind man and then told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam and he goes and washes and he sees, Judas would have witnessed that. Judas would have witnessed all of these things. And so I can only imagine every time in the mind of Jesus, every time that, that uh, he's doing these miracles and he's seeing he's he, in, I, I can't but help but think that all of it he's looking to Judas here. Because here's the thing, he did not want Judas to die and go to hell. I don't believe with, uh, with my heart at all. The Bible, in, in fact, I'll just rely on Scripture that he's not willing that any should perish. That would include Judas. He didn't, he didn't want Judas to go to hell, but yet he knew the choice he would make. There's a difference between knowing and causing, right? There's a difference between knowing and causing. Christ being who he is, he knew the choice in which Judas would make persistently, though, for three years. How many of you, how many of you, before you came to the saving knowledge of Christ, felt that appeal upon your heart? Time and time and time again. How many of you, can you remember back to the day you were saved and prior to that, and feel the Holy Spirit conviction upon your heart, that knock at the door as we see in Revelation chapter 3? I mean, I do. I, I remember that. I remember how the Holy Ghost spoke to me and how it was a persistent thing, and then finally, man, I opened the door. Unfortunately, Judas walked away from the table hungry. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and sup with him. And uh, he with me, I thought of that one, one song. He stood at my heart's door mid sunshine and rain. I patiently waited an entrance to gain. What a shame that so long he entreated in vain. He is so precious to me. You know that song, Miss Millie? Probably not the way I sang it. It's a good song either way. But I think about that. And how, how, how he did that to me. And I know that he's done that for so many other people. And yet here it was, Judas walked with him three years and he did the same thing. As, he, as he'd go by, feed those 5,000 Judas. I hope Judas saw that. As he, as he raised Lazarus from the dead, Judas, pay attention to this. Listen, I have the power to raise dead men unto life, Judas. Did you see that? We see the appeal of Christ, a persistent appeal. It's a personal appeal. This and what we see Jesus stretching out one last time unto Judas. And he's pointing him out with this gesture. I think it could also be viewed as an invitation. Reaching out one more time to this man. We look at that verse of Scripture in verse number 21. When it says, When Jesus had thus said, 
he was troubled in spirit and testified and say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. When you consider that verse, what do you think his troubling was for? What do you think the cause of that was? Was it because he's getting ready to go to the cross? Many people would probably assume that. I don't think that's what it was at all. I think when he was troubled in spirit, he knew that this was the moment, that this man that he had eaten with, that he had spoken to, that he had taught, that he had led, that he had tried everything in his power to get him to come into the saving knowledge of Christ, this was a moment, and this was it, and it wasn't going to be after that. I believe that's why he was troubled in spirit. I believe that's why. I believe when Jesus reaches out and He extends that hand of grace and He extends that hand of mercy only to have it rejected, I believe it troubles Him. I believe it bothers Him. He was troubled in spirit. Why? Because He cared for Judas. Make no mistake, He loved Judas. He created Judas. He cared for Judas. He appealed unto Judas. And then next we see the answer. Well, what did he do with it? Well, Judas refused. Moses told the children of Israel, back in Deuteronomy 30 and 19, he says this, he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Judas had a choice. Judas had a choice whether to accept what Christ had to offer or to reject it. Whether to accept the free gift of salvation unto all and upon all of them that believe there is no difference. He had that opportunity, and yet he refused it. I know in my ministry, I have seen... Many times where you'd preach the gospel or extend the gospel or, or convey the gospel, where you would talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. And um, thank God there are times when, like this morning, yes, I want that. Amen. I want to choose Jesus. I want to put my faith in Him. Um, and, and then there's plenty other times where they say, eh, yeah, no, that's not me. My wife was... Uh, I don't know if she cared for me to share this or not, but uh, either way, uh, my wife uh, gave a, a, a person a track yesterday, and she took that track from her and right in front of her tossed it in the trash can. There are some people that just do not want the things of God. And uh, I, I just wonder, I wonder, when Judas woke up that morning, 2,000 years ago, I wondered if he knew that by the end of the day he was going to be dead. I wonder if by the end of the day he was going to have made that decision to end his life. Why? Because of the decisions that he made. Miss Jane, of course, you know, we just had her, uh, her funeral the other day. And uh, Miss Jane, 83 years old, not in the best of health. On Friday... They were saying, yeah, she, she's, she's good to go. She's going to be able to fly home on Saturday. 
And on Saturday, she had a massive, massive stroke. By Sunday, she was dead. You see, church, we don't know. We have no idea when we're going to leave this earth. What we do know is the, the certainty of it. We're all going to one day. Thank God Miss Jane was prepared. I hope you are. G, uh, Judas refused it, and he retreated. He walked away from the table. It was there. He could have experienced it. He could have enjoyed it. Uh, but yet he, he walked away, walked out the door, uh, walked away from Christ and what he had to offer and experienced destruction. So we saw his answer. And his answer, his answer was not forced upon him. As a preacher of the gospel, it is my job to present the Word of God. As a Christian, make no mistake, church, as a Christian, we are ambassadors for Christ. It is our job to present the gospel. It's their choice whether to accept it or to reject it. Judas rejected it. But along with Judas rejecting it, lastly, we're going to see the aftermath. What happened after that? What was, a, uh, you know, what was the consequence of that choice? Because the fact of the matter is, whenever we make choices, there's consequences. In, all, in, in every aspect of our life, we're presented with choices, whether to do a thing or to not do a thing, whether to follow this way or, or, or not, or we'll go down this path or go down that path. We're all faced with these choices. But every choice that we make and every path that we take, there's consequences because of it. Every one of us, bar none, choices have consequences. In this society today, our society is trying to eliminate that. But the fact of the matter is choices have consequences. They always have, and uh, they, always, they always will. So we see that in Judas's heart, Judas's heart, Satan took his seat. And I want you to see the progression here. And back up in John chapter 13. And we're going to read verse number, uh, verse number 1. Let's go to verse number 2. Verse number 1 says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Thank God for that. Uh, and, and supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. We see that uh, Satan spoke to the heart of Judas. Satan said, this is what I would like you to do. This is what you should do. And, and we don't know, there's a lot of people that would speculate upon the purpose of it. Why, why did Judas do what he did? I believe, I believe after it was all said and done, the obvious thing is he realized his error, and that's why he ended up killing himself. But regardless of why he did it, Satan spoke to his heart to betray him. And here it is, after Jesus had extended that last offer, the last offer we see that Satan took residence. Verse number 27. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou, uh, that thou doest uh, do quickly. And so we see the progression that happens here. We see a progression where Satan will whisper, and then Satan will take up residence. You could go back and look at Pharaoh. Same thing happened with Pharaoh. It's called a hardening of the heart. It's called, uh, you know, someone that uh, 
again, Judas had followed with Jesus, and he had seen all these things, and Satan started to, to beguile Judas. Satan started to uh, put into the heart of Judas that he wanted him to betray the one that raised the dead, the one that caused the blind to see and the uh, deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. He wanted him to do that. And then after he had settled it in his mind, man, Satan took up residence, and then that was it. Satan took his seat. This is how many people are today, unfortunately. They have allowed Satan to whisper to them. They have allowed Satan to, to speak unto them. They have given ear unto that to the point to where Satan has just taken up residence in their heart. And they want nothing to do with the Lord. They want nothing to do with the things of God. Satan took his seat. Salvation to Judas was lost. As I had mentioned on several occasions, after this, Judas would go and he would hang himself. Pharisees would take at 30 uh, uh, pieces of silver. They'd buy a potter's field uh, with it, blood money. And so he didn't die immediately after refusing Jesus. But I do believe that this was Judas's last opportunity to accept the Lord. This was the last opportunity for Judas concerning salvation. He rejected it here, and it was done. The Bible tells us in Romans 1.24, it says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who's blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And that scripture is talking uh, about sodomy, but it is also speaking about the fact that there is a point in which God will uh, try and He'll extend and He'll reach, and then there's a point where He'll say, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Salvation comes when the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, offering that gift, and you accept that gift of salvation. John 6, No man can come to me except the Father which sent me. Draw him, John 12, 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And so that drawing power of God, that drawing power of Christ, Christ was extending to Judas, but yet after that moment he would extend no more. Salvation was lost to Judas. He had made his choice. He'd made his choice. And then uh, lastly here, sorrowful end. We see Matthew uh, 27, 3, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw he was condemned, repented himself, and brought, brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that? And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, and departed, and went and hanged himself. Uh, horrible, horrible end for Judas. He saw that decision he made. Unfortunately, it was just too late. Seven thousand. It's five hundred and forty-two. Seven thousand five hundred and forty-two. Today. 
7,542. I, I wonder which day it is where I'm going to be one of the 7,542. Still may be today. Could be tomorrow. Could be 30 years from now. I don't know. And you don't either. You don't either. So what I would suggest to you is make whatever breaths you have left count. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, in those breaths you need to call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. Put your faith in Him. Make that decision. Accept that free gift for the rest of us that do know the Lord. For the rest of us that know the Lord. Let's make the last breaths that we have count. That funeral I attended on Friday could be the last one I ever officiate. And the very next one could be where my body's laying there. Or it could be yours.